Welcome to Everybody's Bad With Money. I'm AJ Schneider, founder and CEO of Beyond the Green Coaching, where we help people every single day heal their relationship with money. Join me multiple times per week where I bring you inspiring guests, solo episodes, and share tangible money and life tips you need to be your most confident, independent, and empowered self. Welcome back to Everybody's Bad With Money. I'm your host, AJ Schneider, and we're here talking about the five emotional archetypes that cause us to spend. And we are on number three. Number three, can I get a drum roll, Eric? Feeling less than or feeling in competition with something or someone else. And I think this is a pretty prevalent emotion today. You know, just head to your social media right now and you'll see someone doing something amazing. And you might think, all these other people are doing this thing. Why can't I do this? I'm the same age as this person. I went to the same college or I have similar jobs. I should be able to afford this or do that. You know, there's also that feeling of like, wow, that person is doing so much good in the world. This they they look like they don't even sleep, like they get so much done in a day. Like I should be doing what they're doing, like that feeling of like comparativeness. Really, like I think like feeling less than our competition is also like the comparative game that can cause so much theft of joy. If you grew up with siblings, you could be unconsciously always competing with them for the better hair, the job, the partner. Or maybe it's a childhood best friend who always seemed like they never had to study to do well in school or always got your love interest attention. Or even your parents can unconsciously validate their reality with their kids' successes or failures. It's like that keeping up with the Jones energy. Like that's so real. Like that's such a... I don't know if it's like an American flaw, but it's definitely like a core value in America to like look like the grass is always greener on the other side to like look in other people's backyards and to try and emulate or um, go one up that other person or other thing. What's so fascinating about this paradigm of feeling less than competition or comparativeness is that we don't actually need to know someone to feel less than them or that we're even in competition with them. They're like, it was so fascinating. Like when I was a yoga instructor, I would look at other yoga instructors and feel like their existence, like on social media, not in real life. This is what's so fascinating, right? So like not in real life, but on social media, this feeling that their existence meant that I had less space to go be successful. And it's so funny now because like I've shifted and done so much work on those belief systems. Now when I see like a budget coach or, you know, a personal finance coach, I feel excited because I'm like, I can't believe this exists in the world. And like, there's clearly such a need for it. And it's so empowering and really exciting. But I remember that feeling that like, oh God, their success means my failure. And there are still times I feel that way. It's not like I'm like perfect and I don't get comparative, but there's definitely times when I'm like, you know, why, like, why do they have 80,000 followers and I don't? Like, what are they doing that, what are they doing that I'm not? Like, how do I need to change myself to be like that? And it's like, whenever I get like that, I'm like, I have to remind myself, I have to like settle back into gratitude and be like, hold on a minute. Like, you actually like 
love being AJ and you love your life and you wouldn't want their life because it's their life with their own set of problems and their own set of strengths and their own set of weaknesses. And like, you're happy with you being you. And I think that's where like that, that comparative and feeling less than and competition comes from. It's like this feeling of unhappiness within ourselves. And then we go out and we try to emulate somebody else or something else because we feel that that will actually make us happy in our lives. And really it doesn't because it's not really who we are. What's so interesting about this issue, this like deeply rooted need to compare to validate our own existence is that it causes so much suffering in the world. You know, like influencers are people that so many followers emulate and admire and buy products and do daily activities just like they tell us to do, just like they're doing. And they're like completely living above their means because they want to betray the assumed life that they're living on social media. And I know a ton of influencers and a ton of influencers' friends who are influencers who really are struggling to get by because they're just trying to keep up. And actually, I think this is so fascinating. I talk about this a lot. Like when you work at like a high-end law firm or you work at, you know, a job where there's an expectation of how you dress and what cars you wear and what clubs you're in and what gym memberships you have, that like even though you're making phenomenal money, you're living above your means to like keep up with the appearance of your job. I think that's really common. You know, a lot of people in fashion have that issue as well. Like, I'm in fashion. I need to look the part. I mean, for me, it was, I'm a yoga instructor. I need to have a smoothie a day from Juice Press. And I need to be seen having a smoothie at Juice Press because that like means something about my career. It was really interesting for me when I realized like how comparativeness was affecting my life and my decision making and then played a role in my friendships because I've always had amazing friends and I've always had a lot of different groups of friends. And I always felt that in my groups of friends that I took the alternative route, you know, like with my camp friends that, you know, they became like lawyers and doctors and, you know, a teacher and a graphic designer and you know, I like went backpacking through Asia and was a waitress for, you know, 10, the better part of 10 years and then was a yoga instructor and like kind of like always going an alternative route. And I had this belief, especially around money, that my friends knew something that I didn't know. So naturally, I had this, I really had this belief that if I spent how they spent, I would end up in their circumstances. When in reality, my friends had stable jobs, were making double what I was making. Some were even getting support from their parents. And none of my close friends in my mid-20s that I was like hanging out with a lot were in $71,000 worth of debt. And I kept unconsciously looking at them for guidance, but they didn't know any more about money than I did. They just had and took advantage of opportunities that I didn't. They decided after college that they were going to go and find nine to five jobs, or they were going to go seek jobs that had benefits and retirement accounts. And it might seem like I was just being insecure, but it's really like a lot more profound than that. I was relying on others to affirm my life choices. I basically was handing over the keys to my life and saying, you got this, right? You know what's best for me. You have it figured out. So can you just decide what's right for me? And it was a really empowering decision 
to recognize that I was behaving that way unconsciously and hoping that my friend's choices would somehow indicate the future of my own reality. Once I took back my power and I said, I am the driver of my own life. I am done being the passenger, the best friend in the movie. I want to be the leading fucking lady of my life is when things started to dramatically shift for me. Have you ever spent more than you could afford because you felt less than or you felt you should be able to do what somebody else could afford? This is a really deep question and I want to hear from you. What unconscious competition has caused you to spend? Email us at hello at beyondthegreencoaching.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at beyondthegreencoaching. I would really love to hear your story. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the number fourth emotional archetype that caused us to spend. See you in the next episode. Thank you all for listening to Everybody's Bad With Money. If you have a question, something that you want to learn about, please reach out to us at hello at beyondthegreencoaching.com. We would be happy to share whatever information you need to help you on your financial journey. Your support makes a huge difference. If you haven't, please go ahead and head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. You can also review us on Spotify. One of the greatest gifts that I have received from getting my finances in order was realizing that I was not alone. I felt so much shame and loneliness when I was in debt, when I didn't have a plan, when I had no savings, when I was living paycheck to paycheck. It seemed like everybody in my life knew something about money that I didn't and that they were good with money and I was the only one who was bad with it. Nobody else seemed to be going through overwhelm, pain, and fear like I was. Nobody else felt ashamed, anxious, or stressed about money. That's what it felt like. I felt so completely alone. So when I started taking my finances seriously and setting boundaries, sticking to my budget, and releasing old habits, I realized something really huge. More than just that I could do it, right? That I could get my finances in order, but that most people were just as scared and afraid as I was. Everybody I spoke to seemed to have some problem with money. And it didn't matter how much money they made or how stable their jobs were. I wasn't alone. And that is what changed my life because I realized that I was isolating myself, that money and my relationship with it was making me feel like I was different from everybody else. And when I embraced my relationship with money, it humanized money and it humanized the experience we all go through with money and that I wasn't alone. And this fact that we are not alone on our money journey has daily benefits in my life. And I've watched my clients go from feeling isolated and alone to feeling empowered, a part of a community. And in doing so, and in facing their finances more confident and seen and heard and accepted and loved. And I was just chatting the other day with one of July's course participants and she was telling me all the steps she's already taking to get her finances in order, all the friends she's talking to, all the families she's reaching out to, all the conversations she's having with her boss. And by facing her fears 
She's able to step into her own power and we haven't even started yet. I couldn't believe how the prospect of signing up for this course inspired such motivation and determination. This course, getting your finances in order is life-changing work. I, I really, I can't emphasize it enough. So if you're not ready to radically change your life, then you, know, you can stop listening right now. This course is not right for you. But if you are interested, we have seven days left to sign up. That's it. Spots are limited and filling up fast. If you've been trying and working and hoping and praying to get out of debt, to get your finances in order to build wealth, then if not now, when? All you have to do is apply with the link in the show notes. Let us know how you feel after applying. If you're like, this isn't for me, then don't worry about it. But if you get excited and hopeful in that application process, then maybe it's time to listen in and say, you know what? Can I invest in myself for the next 10 weeks? Can I take my finances and myself more seriously than I ever have before? We're here to support you along the way. You have a team of coaches ready and excited and so happy to support you.